0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Diagnosed with diabetes? For Canada's seniors, learning how to manage their diabetes at home is key to making each and every day the best it can be. Today, Fight Back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio takes on diabetes self management with trusted contributors from Abbott Diabetes Care.
1: Well, welcome back. Today we begin a four part series on a disease that has reached epidemic. Proportions and is still on the rise. I'm talking about diabetes. One in three Canadians is now living with diabetes or pre-diabetes. That's about 11 million of us, and 3 million have the full-blown disease. This year's cost to Canada's health system is expected to be more than $27 billion, and that's expected to top $39 billion within a decade. And many people don't realize how serious this disease is. Disease is it's responsible for millions of deaths around the world directly and indirectly. Here in Canada, people with diabetes account for 30% of strokes, 40% of heart attacks, 50% of kidney failure requiring requiring dialysis, and 70% of amputations each year. The life expectancy of a person with diabetes is shortened by an average of 13 years. So we are going to focus on how to live with this chronic disease, which can have such a huge impact on our health, how to manage it, how to handle it as part of everyday life. So what if you or a loved one have just been diagnosed with diabetes? That will be the reality for about 200,000 Canadians this year. The bottom line is that it's on you because diabetes is predominantly a self-managed disease with more than 95% of the care done by you, the patient. And I would like to direct you to a website where you can get some very helpful tips about managing your diabetes and what to do. Uh, the numbers are staggering. It's 3 million people, Canadians with full blown, blown diabetes. And, you know, when, when someone in the family has a disease, it's really it's not just the person, it's the family. So um, go to the Zoomer radio website, the Fight Back page, and then look for carp.ca/slash diabetes. I will mention that again in case you need a pen, but it's the Fight Back page on the Zoomeradio.ca website and carp.ca/slash diabetes. So I'm opening up the phone lines because I have some people here who can answer your questions, give you great advice. The numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 740 And now I welcome Gail McNeil is a clinical nurse specialist and the manager of the Leadership Sinai Center for Diabetes at Mount Sinai Hospital. And Charlene Lavergna has lived with diabetes for more than 40 years. She's 63. She uses insulin as well as other medications to manage aspects of the disease. Thanks so much. For being with us, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, Charlene, let's let's start let's with it. you. Go for it. Um,
2: well, it's been 44 years. Um, when I first started, we peed on a stick. Now yeah. we have all this wonderful technology. It's a self-managing disease, which, frankly, I think is wonderful because you're responsible for your own care. But then you have the Sherpa guides, (laughs) like this wonderful lady here, Gail, who come and help you to... But they're guides. They're not going to tell you what to do or how to do it. They're just going to help you. So I always say the same thing. I get up every morning. I take over 200 units of insulin per day. I do five needles. So... I try not to test strip if I can, if I can do the scanning with the freestyle lure, I do. But it's a very expensive disease, very okay. expensive.
1: Let's, um, let's start at the beginning, because I, I think yeah. that uh, you're talking about things that maybe people aren't really familiar with. So, Gail, let's start with you. Uh, somebody has just been diagnosed with diabetes, it's, I'm assuming, pretty overwhelming. What, <clears throat> what are the first things that they have to think about,
3: talk about, um, change in their lives? It is a dramatic change in their life. And we promote, um, there's four factors we talk about when we manage diabetes. It's the We call mm-hmm. it the FAME method. It's the food, the activity, the medications, and the education. But... So many people are going to say they have to look at diabetes and understand what it is. We've had problems in the past where people don't think it's serious. They've either had experiences with it. Oh, so-and-so lived forever, so we don't have to worry about this. And then we have the opposite reactions. Oh, well, there's nothing you can do about it. So the education about diabetes is essentially important, and you really need to get hooked up with an education team to start with. Because it's like a sense of loss. People talk about, you know, they're healthy one day, and the next day you're telling me I'm not and so it's difficult, and it's, as Charlene's saying, it is so much self-management, but you're not alone. This is the People think that self-management means, oh, I'm alone doing this. No, you're not. We're here to support you and help you. But as Charlene said, it is 95, or as you've said, Libby, 95% of the time you are dealing with this.
1: Okay, but I, what I'm trying to get a sense of is what do you have to manage? Is it suddenly you have to change your diet or you have to mon- just. Take me through. I, I, so
3: initially what we're looking at is, as they say, the food. Let's look at that because that's often the problem. It's not always what we're eating either. It's the amount we're eating and the healthier parts of the food. I mean, there's so many sugar, sugar substitutes. There's so much out there in the food aspect right now. But food is a very, very important part of this aspect. The other, of course, is activity, is getting people moving. It's so important to get them moving we also have medications that will actually help the disease process at the very beginning. For instance, a most common drug that we even in pre diabetes we use is metformin. Why? Because it fights insulin resistance, and that is a primary feature in type two diabetes. Okay, we have to explain those things. So, diabetes is a disease uh, where you have too much. The insulin. There's three aspects in type okay. 2 diabetes. Is The first thing, you'll see the high blood sugars. So why are the sugars so high? Because often what has started out as insulin resistance. And a famous doctor one time was asked, what causes diabetes? And this is Dr. Jocelyn from the States. And he says, genetics loads the gun and the environment pulls the trigger. So, there is a genetic component to diabetes we 're absolutely sure, but we 've encouraged it with some of the things that are happening in the environment, like our lack of walking and our lack of our our high calorie foods. So we have to look at those things to start with, and I think so the food and the activity. Medications are helpful very at the very beginning to fight that resistance. Now, eventually, if your body has to keep fighting resistance, it's not going to make enough insulin. So eventually, you don't have enough insulin in the system. And also, we have a problem in type 2 diabetes with the liver overproducing sugar. If you don't eat for four or five hours, you'll find that the liver starts to put some sugar into the system. So these are all the medical aspects of diabetes. Is two is insulin resistance, then not enough insulin, and the liver problems there are three primary factors. Factors in type 2. There's a lot more involved as we've learned over the last years, but that's, that's a start.
1: Okay, now uh, Charlene, how many times a day do you have to eat? It- um,
2: I look, I test. My thing is test, test, test test. Find out what your body is. I know what my body does. I know what the nuances of. I know what I can handle. So I can tell if I'm low or I'm high. And so generally, but I try to keep to three meals a day if I can and a snack at night. And um, I test because I want to know where I'm at and my, where my body is. But at the very beginning, 40 years ago, or more than 40 years, I didn't think it was important. And I I'm, was diagnosed at 18. Wow, so, that's very young. And in those days, there was no typing. There was no typing. There's nothing. They just said, you know eat. So I lost 80 pounds and just melted away to nothing. So it's, it's all about knowing yourself, knowing what your body can do. Your body's changing. So you have to be very cognizant of what that body is doing. You got to know, and you got to feel it.
1: Uh, I thought that people with diabetes have to eat more smaller meals. Am I wrong? Oh, Libby, you're going to
3: open up a whole can of worms. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's been so much controversy. And, of course, Canada's Food Guide just came out yesterday. (laughs) Okay. And, of course, we all know more of the grains, more of the... um, The problem with diabetes is we have people... I'll go by the Canadian Diabetes Association, okay? It will say that we should be eating roughly three meals a day, snacks in between, and you should be spacing the meals because the body can only handle so much sugar at one point in time. So three balanced meals along the time. Then, though, in, in my practice, there's so many different diets out there. There's so many different anomalies that, um, as Charlene was saying, we have to work with the patient and what they're doing. So for instance, if a patient comes in and they're having uh, three cups of milk and um, a day or something like this and looking at their calories, instead of saying, oh, you shouldn't be doing that, we work with the patient and say, okay, well, maybe do you think you can go from homo milk down to skim milk? Or can we cut the actual portion sizes? But the food aspect of things, yes we do recommend the three meals a day spaced apart because that is our what we've known in the past but there's so much controversy out there that um, basically when a patient comes in, we will work with the patient there are parameters that you want to as often as I said earlier, it's not necessarily what you are eating it's the amount you're eating, which is a problem so,
1: okay <laughs> let's take a call from Margaret in Kitchener hi Margaret oh, hi. Um, okay, I've Um, When I grew up, we had three meals a day, breakfast around 8.30, lunch, 12 o'clock, coming home from school, and supper, and nothing in between. On a hot, cold day, my mother would make us hot chocolate before bed, but that was the extent of our food intake, and I truly believe that what you eat as a child is going to affect you later on in life. So I think, I truly believe people eat too much, they eat the wrong stuff, they're always eating. The, the body has to have a chance to digest what's in it before you put something else in it. Okay, Margaret, thanks for that. Uh, so again, you've just been diagnosed with diabetes you have to kind of calibrate.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You have to balance. You have what, to balance. Yes. Mm-hmm. you Calibrate yes. your blood sugar level with
2: the food you eat. So Yes. Mm-hmm. But you need to know what your blood sugar levels are. And if you don't test and you don't know what your body's doing, then you can't judge. For instance, this morning I woke up, I was high, so I knew I had to have cereal, not bread. So it's all in what you eat, when you eat it. Mm-hmm. So, And it's not just that. I swim four to seven times a week for an hour every night. Fantastic. you got to mm-hmm. keep moving. That's great. you got to keep moving. What do they say? Motion is lotion. you got to <laughs> just keep doing it. And you have to combine all of these things together. It's, um, it's not just one thing. It's not just food that's going to help. It's mm-hmm. not just you've got to put it all together. It's a package.
1: Yeah. So you have to know where your body's at Mm -hmm. and eat according to that. Now, maybe I'm you know,
3: have myths about diabetes from way back. Like, do you have to cut out all food with sugar? Absolutely not. I, uh, I used to um, have a physician I worked with, and he said, uh, "You know, if it tastes good, then you can't have it." Okay, that's absolutely wrong. Please, okay, yeah. please. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's God, not sure. right. Uh, again, it's the value of seeing a dietitian in the early part of your diagnosis. I can't stress that more because they will give you some reality and some actual compromise. As I say, we're not trying to restrict everything in the world. We're not doing that. It's a balance. as Charlene was saying, it's a balanced diet. And as our, our caller said, three meals a day is what we have said in the past. And if that's what's going to work, then we'll do it that way. However, some of the latest patients are looking at intermittent fasting, etc. So there's so many different ways of looking at Can it. Can you do that? Oh, I tell you, we had a controversy at the National Conference this year. Not controversy. We had our debate on intermittent fasting, yes and no. And guess who won the debate? (laughs) Now, I guess maybe people wanted to go that way. (laughs) Uh, but Intermittent fasting? You're right. You're right, (laughs) Libby. We didn't mean it that way because we are still advocating, and if I speak out of a turn, but we are still advocating, again, healthy eating, which is the three meals a day. But we will work with the person when they come in. Yes, there's a couple things that we would sort of state from day one is, yes, think of the sweets, what you're looking at and those kinds of things. And if you can, avoid the fruit juices. Um, because they're so high in sugar. Okay? Everybody should avoid those.
1: Uh, we have to take a break. I see the phone lines are are filling up. So uh, callers, go to the Fight Back page on the Zuma Radio website and then go to carp.ca slash diabetes before we take the break. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We'll get to you after the break, and we'll be back with more on diabetes and how to manage it after this.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. I am here with our trusted contributors. We're talking about diabetes, which has reached epidemic proportions, and how to manage it, because at the end of the day, if you're the patient, you are going to have to manage it, or bad things will happen because there can be a lot of bad side effects. We're going to go right to the phones. We've got Tim in Brampton. Hi, Tim. Hello. Go ahead. You're on the air.
4: Okay. I've got about four things I think I'd like to people to know because i'm 40 year diabetic too one is everything you eat as i understand it turns to sugar for conversion by your body and its use of wait, insulin. wait
1: wait a minute you know the ladies here are shaking their heads oh? saying, well, then no, let me no, finish no, with no, my so... other
4: two and they can complain
1: okay so
4: the second one is i understand your body your brain cannot live without sugar yes
1: Yes, they're shaking their heads. Yes, this time. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Now
4: the next one is that milk delays digestion in your body, so you can't drink a great deal.
1: Uh, this looks like a maybe. <laughs> People yeah, should. Yeah, and I know. And everybody
4: goes by their own body, video, and I go so. by mine. Uh, okay. I'm only taking forty two units of of uh, Lantus insulin and ten units. Of uh, Humalog.
1: Okay. And I, that's
4: 40 I, years. Okay. Now, yes. that bit about, you know, everybody goes on about sugar. When I first started diabetes, as I'm sure the other ladies did, sugar was taboo, desserts were taboo, whatever the hell else. Well, read your diabetic magazine now, and they give you different, kind of different things.
1: <laughs> Shaking
4: your head, so yes. You have to determine one other thing that really puts your sugar up is Bread.
1: This is like a come see,
3: come saw. Tim, is it okay if I allow Gail Gail to to respond? Okay. Okay. Hi. 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 Tim, I just wanted to start. The first part is actually, you're right to a certain extent, but for instance, what about uh, most of the carbohydrates you eat do turn into sugar in the body, and that's why we have people carb counting and looking at those, particularly in a diet. They are the most effective uh, foods to work with in order to work with the sugars. In the protein, about 56% of the protein eventually does turn into sugar, um, but it doesn't affect it the same way as your carbohydrates. So I'm going to suggest that no, all the food does not turn into sugar, and the most important one to work with is the carbohydrates because the highest percentage percentage of the carbohydrates turn into sugar in the body. Um, The second thing you're saying about the milk, I think that has come from sometimes we talk about treating low blood sugars, and they're saying milk is a slower way to treat it. Um, But Milk, again, is the quantity you're eating, and how does that fit in to your entire plan? Remember, this is all individualized now, so we need to look at that and take a peek. Now, there was a question there about the, does the 3% milk have the same amount of sugar, and is 1% milk? And the answer is yes, because those percentages you're talking about are fat, not sugar, okay? So that's if you're trying to lose weight, which is often an issue in our type, with type 2 diabetes, you'll have people saying, I'm going to the 1% milk. But it's not the sugar we're talking about in that regard. It's the other aspects. Because remember, what is our largest problem or most... Uh, um, side effect or comorbidity in type 2 diabetes is the cardiovascular system so we're always working we have our a b c's and d's the a1c the blood pressure and the cholesterol though those are always factors we're working with so when we're looking at the diet you're right Tim, to a certain extent we're looking at the sugar but we're also looking at the fats because of the other comorbidities and Okay,
1: Tim, are we square?
4: No, I'd like to ask a question. <laughs>
1: okay, one everybody, more because we have someone else waiting. Go ahead.
4: Everybody mentions that you can get diabetes from fat. Can you all also get, get diabetes from a viral infection, severe sickness, and uh, stress?
3: So, Tim, you're talking about type one. Primarily, type one diabetes is an autoimmune. is a large factor. It is an autoimmune condition. Yep. that's exactly what happens. Is someone will get the flu, and then several days later, it looks like the flu has gone away, but they look like they still have it. That's
4: how I got it. And Marie. those
3: are the symptoms. And unfortunately, it's the it's the immune response. And this is where genetics comes in, because in a family of ten children, you can have nine with diabetes and one without. Um, and uh, you know, fam- you know. So why is this happening? So this is where I said. Genetics is there to play, but the environment. Some people have been exposed, they have a genetic predisposition to development. That's the autoimmune intake. Yeah, we 1 don't diagnosis. know anybody
4: in my family that had diabetes for me.
3: Mm-hmm. That We don't know, if, again, the way we diagnose diabetes now, we didn't even do, you know, even 20 years ago. It's so totally, totally different uh, than okay, what we're looking you. at.
1: Thank you. <laughs> okay. Larry in Toronto, I I think um, we have answered part of your question. You have a question again about fat and sugar in milk?
5: Yes, I've heard that uh, the higher the fat content in the milk or, or in a cream, it has less sugar than a skim milk would.
3: Again, in our, I'm not the dietitian. I'm a, a nurse. But the three percent milk, for instance, has the same amount of sugar in it as the one percent. It's the fat. Those percentages they're talking about are fat, not yeah. sugar. Okay. So you're always better off. We're going to recommend the one percent, or if you're drinking three percent milk, we go to two percent. You know, because some people can't go to the one. But it's the fat content, the weight factors that we're always worried about. Um, but the sugar content is the same. So it's the amount of milk too that you would so have if, to be looking if that
5: at. That isn't a concern otherwise in your diet. You just drink some milk but not a great deal. It won't affect the, your sugar.
2: Charlene, you have a comment? Oh, I I just it's all this, you know, ideas about food and milk. I take a look, I test, I come in from a swim. I test my blood sugar, and then I'll have milk if my blood sugar is at a certain point. But I always, always judge what I'm going to put in my mouth by what I can get out of my arm, which is my blood sugar levels.
1: And, you know, it's interesting. I'm sure that even just doing that is a big Adjustment. I mean, you know, I don't necessarily think twice about what... Well,
2: just to go shopping or just to come here this morning. Yeah, I had to check twice coming in the door to make sure I was at a good level because I... Don't want to bottom out on you. But these are the things you do. You test, you look, and you say, okay, I'm such a level. I can't eat this, but I can eat that. So you just modify. You modify what you're doing.
1: And um, Gail or Larry, maybe you can... How long does it take people to wrap their heads around that?
3: It takes quite a while. <laughs> I think for people to to do the, the fingerprinting that we were doing. Now with the new technology, of course, it's a lot... Uh, I'm not going to say easier. That's the wrong word, right, Charlene? It's not easier because you're still paying attention to it oh, and you yeah, just have yeah. to work with it. But the actual technique of getting the blood sugar is a little oh, bit easier, so right? It's so much easier to just scan rather than <laughs> prick your okay, finger. Okay, just
5: stick to the heavy fruit and uh, vegetables, but not too much fruit and not too much sugar otherwise in cookies uh, or
2: Larry, I'm taking
1: it that you're diabetic?
5: No, my grandfather was. Oh. Uh, my father wasn't, but my doctor has advised me because I'm a hefty guy and sometimes I'm a little too hefty. No, no, we're he not says, hefty.
2: We're fluffy.
5: You, yeah, you've got to maintain either a greater muscle mass and less fat in your body if you're going to be that big, or be very mindful of how much sugar you take in. And I was a milk baby, and he mostly because of cholesterol was wagging his finger at me. And he says you got to trim down your milk intake. So I've dropped milk, but I still have dairy products, eggs, your well, butter, I was,
1: yogurt. I was. Go- I th- Thanks, Larry, for your okay. call. <laughs> I was. I was going to say that you know everybody's talking about milk, so I'm wondering do, do people the, take yes. into account all the other stuff that has milk? I mean, I love cheese. Maybe
3: I think it's important important that yeah. we look at we, we balance the diet and there's a lot of I mean some people don't take milk at all but it's the amount again and balancing the diet and that's and just this. one part one, you're of right. this
2: disease I mean you've got to look at exercise you've got and to look this is at what I was genetics doing. you've got to look at exercising? what you're doing yeah. every day <gasps> I learned in the last two years that I can only do one thing a day like today, I'm going home to nap. Like, this is it. This is the. Like, no, but I mean, I have learned because there's a real fatigue with diabetes that a lot of people don't yes. talk about. There's all that stuff. So now I've, I, you know, um, I, I just do one thing a day and I get up and I look at my blood sugar and if I can't do it, I let everybody know.
1: And is it, uh, in terms of the fatigue, is that brought on by. A
2: high blood sugar count or a low one? I'm tired all the time. And basically, I think it's because my body doesn't work properly and I'm constantly fighting all kinds of things. And I think there's probably a scientific thing out there, but I just know all the diabetics that I know were tired all the time. So you just learn to live with it. You learn to work around it and you get smart. But that was my first symptom was I was exhausted and I was 18 years old.
3: So you can explain the exhaustion. The, the issue is, is the sugar is high in the blood, but there's not enough insulin to take the sugar from the blood and put it into the cells. So it's the cells, of course, that are talking to us. And if they are don't have any energy, because our initial source of energy is the sugar, as one of the gentlemen was saying, um, then you are tired. The cells are tired. Now, it's interesting, and in, though, that's a hyperglycemia, the high blood sugars. However, think of what low blood sugar means, it means there's not enough sugar in the bloodstream to get get into the cells. so in low blood sugars you can also feel fatigued so but a classic sign of high blood sugar is running to the bathroom being tired that's
1: sorry that's high or low high High. blood sugar Sugar is running lots yeah
3: frequent yes okay so you're running to the bathroom you're very thirsty and often you're very hungry because your cells basically are starving because the sugar is not getting from the bloodstream into the cells so, and it's not but, a
2: normal hunger, and it's not a normal thirst. You could drink like Ontario.
3: Yes, and, and but, but
2: you get a surf stomach.
3: Can't. Uh Uh, extreme hunger also be low blood sugar? Yes, it can, because of the same reason, that the actual sugar is not in the cells, okay? There's no sugar there. The cells are starving both in high blood sugars and low blood sugars. But in the low blood sugars, you get different symptoms. You get the shaking and sweating because the... I'm never hungry when I'm low. I'm never hungry. At
2: 2 in the morning, I'm just... It's like... It's like a different world. You're in a different world, and mm-hmm. you lurch looking for something. What you want is, I think, more thirsty than anything. I use, I treat my low blood sugars with orange juice. It's
1: okay, but I, I think it's probably a little different for everybody's different got a different, different way of
2: expressing yes. it. And at the
3: beginning of your disease, you express it one way, and at the end of the disease, you express it differently. very much so. People were, and people respond differently, right, yeah. Charlene? They, yeah. oh, they yeah. as yeah. you were saying, they get to know themselves a little oh, bit yeah. differently right. too. So,
1: okay, now. There's a question from a caller that I'm going to have to leave because we're out of time. I'll just uh, introduce what the question is. Uh, we are going to have three more segments on this very important issue where we'll be able to clarify a lot more. So, Margaret in Niagara, call back the next time we do this. She wants to know the difference between type 1 and type 2, oh, which is heck. kind of Diabetes right. 101. And we'll then there's me to... that's
2: type 1 and yes. a half. Type one and a half. I don't even fit in any
1: category. Oh, uh, well, you're special then. No, definitely. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much. Thank and you. as I said, we will be revisiting this topic and try to get a better handle on it over the next month or so. So, thank you so much to Charlene Lavergne and Gail McNeil, appreciate your being here. Thank you, Libby.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.